What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm with my tiny titan, Hysam. I want to take a minute to talk about the real monster. <laughs> okay, what's the real monster? The kid sitting behind me in the cinema. Yeah. Now, this kid was crying the whole time. Wailing. I just want to take this minute to tell that kid, if you're listening, I know what you look like. I will find you. And from now on, anytime you go to a movie, I will be sitting behind you, kicking your seat, kicking, kicking. <laughs> yeah, you want to start the podcast? Yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> Today we are reviewing Godzilla, the king of, is it the king or king of the monsters? Does it matter? I if it's a the or not a the? Just say king of the monsters. Today we are reviewing Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Actually, I think it's the King of the Monsters. (laughs) I think we're going to keep this whole part in there. Today we are reviewing Godzilla, the King of the Monsters. Yeah? Yeah. It's clearly wrong. If only there was some way we could look up exactly what the title of this movie was. All right, here we go. The rules are simple. Haisam and I review something. One of us will have to love it. One of us will have to hate it. Who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. The coin of fate? The coin of fate. The coin of fate. The catch is that at any point in our debate, you can use the switch to change positions. So if you loved it, you now have to hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers, as always. Let us begin with our patented one breath synopsis. What you got for me today? Well, the story of this movie is just so dense that uh, I had to take the synopsis and add some stuff of my own to right. make it really kind of explain the plot of this movie. All right, here we go. The cryptozoological agency Monarch faces off against a battery of giant monsters, including the mighty Godzilla who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. Also, there are humans who do things, something about a daughter and the environment, things go boom, boom, bam, bam, loud noises, and divorce, and nuclear energy. Enough of the fifth grade history lesson, the story doesn't matter. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. Well done to you, sir. Yeah, I really you visualized captured the, the essence. There. You really captured the essence. <laughs> I'm now about to flip the coin of fate. If it lands on heads, you have to love this movie. If it lands on tails, you have to hate it. Here goes nothing. Tails. Okay, so I hate it and you love it. <laughs> I love this movie. (laughs) Godzilla, King of the Monsters, indeed. Watch this on the biggest screen possible with the loudest sound to get the full spectacular action and destruction of this Godzilla film. You cannot hate this movie if you're a fan of fun and spectacle. Godzilla, what a giant turd. You can't just think that you can have a spectacle and scatter some random... A-list actors and not give them anything to work with and call it a movie. This was just one fight scene to the next without anything of substance. Me, Okay, you know what? That's the problem, okay? You are a highbrow critic. This movie is for fans. I actually have a review here from IMDb, 10 out of 10, from a real fan, not Uh like one of those critics, okay? And I'm going to read exactly what he said. Okay. Ignore the critics. They're really missing the point of this movie by at least a mile. Are they expecting Godzilla and the Titans to emulate Avengers-like emotion and humor? They're monsters, for God's sakes. 
the first few minutes may be a little bit too slow but after that i was riveted to my seat until the end i managed to hold my urge for a bathroom break i would have always found a way to go to the bathroom but not this time <laughs> okay this movie's for fans all right well for- look i've got a counter i've got a counter review for you here we go uh it's funny that you should have brought one cuz i brought one too <laughs> globe trotting but not adventurous action packed but not remotely exciting utterly overstuffed and completely paper thin nuket from orbit Okay, see, here's the problem, right? I think critics are now going into these movies to kind of ex- and they expect some Oscar movie <laughs> with some long dramatic pauses and silences and cryptic dialogue. That's not what this is here, right? This is a movie that is meant for fans. It is full of action and glory. This movie is blatantly stupid. It was god awful. Let's begin. First of all, you have these this family situation. like this mom and her daughter and her husband oh so sad they lost their son in the first godzilla motivation okay. i'm i'm going to argue against this using another imdb 10 out of 10 review okay <laughs> don't you hate it when some people judge a monster movie based on human characters <laughs> Yes, the script and the human characters may not be great. No, but this not. is Godzilla King of the Monsters, <laughs> not Godzilla King of the Humans. Okay. So why didn't they just do away with all the humans and focus on the drama of the monsters? You know what? That oh, would have been oh, a better oh. movie. Drama? <laughs> I have another review here. It says, "Do you want drama? Go to a real life funeral." <laughs> Do you want Godzilla? Go to the movies now. I paid to watch Godzilla and had Godzilla. Wow. Well, you know what? I can't disagree with these reviewers cuz they're really leaning into everything that I hated about the movie. And I'm, I'm, I'm out of reviews like, by the way. Great. Okay, fine. <laughs> you see this ridiculous story set up that is essentially just trying to take the, this group of people around the world to go from one site to another. to set up these fights between the titans right fine okay great but at least if you're going to have human characters if you're going to have these a listers you can have wh- who are essentially really good actors give them something to work with switch you don't need to give them anything to work with these are a list actors they don't need dialogue they can just act you just look these they rivet us to our seats taking us from one magnificent fight to the next. What an incredible experience this was. Okay, see, if that's what the point of the human character is, then sure. They're not supposed to be doing much. They're just here for the, you know, to be in the background while the aliens are around. There were too much of the human subplot. Like if that's what you're going to do, why lean so much into this whole divorce and alcoholism and there's a kid? Because and- otherwise the script would have been five pages long. I mean, really, what are you going to have? A little cutaway where you see Godzilla having a contemplation of his role on the planet? Like seriously, you need to have the people to carry it through. You need to have that and they did an excellent job of doing it filled with masterful performances for example we have as the dad we have Kyle Chandler right oh. you introduce him what an interesting setup you see this guy and he's what is he hunting foxes no he's photographing foxes what are the foxes doing or wolves whatever they were canines of some sort they are feasting on a downed animal representing the carnage that is about to envelop the world and he's listening to them he is listening to them no <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> 
He is clearly taken by their sound. And this film is all about biosignatures, the sound of the monsters. It is all intertwined, tightly, tightly scripted. Kyle Chandler, could he be any more stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) Bravo. He was such, he's a good actor. I've seen him in Friday Night Lights. He was such a waste in this movie. Putting on this completely miscast. If you want an action, you know what? Jason Statham in the Meg, great casting. This guy (laughs) trying to do some kind of Batman voice. He talks like this the whole time in the movie. I have no idea why. <laughs> he doesn't talk like that. You he just, does. You sound so like... He, he's, he's trying to sound like a tough, jaded guy, but he's not. He's just like a Saturday morning scarred. dad is who he is. He sounded scarred. Like literally his throat, his voice, his, his, his larynx was scarred. <laughs> this guy... As soon as you, you see him, he is so affected by the sounds around him that he has to speak softly because that represents the intensity also, of his character. Also, w- what is he doing? Like, he's kind of commanding the army at some he's point. He's every man. Doors. He's doing... He's, for an every man, he's, he's an every a superhero. Man. And then there is... I mean, uh, sorry, he's a jack of all trades. Master of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Ken Watanabe. Okay, he's a great actor. Genius, brilliant. All he does in this movie is say, Godzilla. That's all he does over and, and over every again. Every time he said Godzilla, you literally perked up in your seat and you were so happy. I mean, honestly, we were waiting for him to say Godzilla. He, I was, I did perk up on my seat and because that was the only exciting part of this entire movie. I am a Godzilla fan. I grew up with Godzilla and over here, I just got to see Ken Watanabe bidding farewell to Godzilla, touching him on the face. Really, come on, this giant, monstrous beast and this tiny little human creature connecting. It was incredible. What like that what thing is supposed to be moments. like some kind of emotional moment. Yes, that's the incredible thing about this movie is that it managed to combine the emotional weight of these human moments with the awe-inspiring battles between these titans. All the human moments were so forced and so quickly done. They were like, oh, Ken Verabi, he's going to sacrifice himself. Yes, Switch. yes, Oh, Ken Verabi, he's going to sacrifice <laughs> himself exactly yeah i'm going to wait for a moment to just let that sink in he looks at his watch mm-hmm. his watch there's yeah. no what way what the hell was the meaning of that watch there is no way for the nuclear bomb go off without it being manually he has to, he has he has to, to go in there how many times have you seen this and done there, in a movie and there is respect to be seen his eyes and in the Cliche. eyes of godzilla such Great CGI work where he touches it and it feels okay, real. Okay, okay, you can say it in that tone as much as you want, but you're stretching out something that was a cliched trope that's been seen in a million movies. Oh, I will sacrifice myself. I'll do it. Oh, come on, give me a break. Really? Like, please try something different. What do you have against martyrs? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. I'm Palestinian. <laughs> is a martyr. <laughs> Listen to me. Let's put Ken Watanabe aside for a second. Vera Farmiga, or however you pronounce her last name. She's a great actress. Dr. Emma. She is a great actress. What the heck was she doing in this movie? She was the single... Her story arc in this movie went from being the single most 
unlikable human being on the face of the planet that is literally responsible for the murder of millions to having her somehow have her a uh, moment of redemption at she's the actually end. Playing I'm sorry, a she very does not deserve it. Character, right? In movies like this, you would imagine, okay, she's the good guy, right? But her co- character is so much more complex than that. She's good. She's bad. <laughs> she's up. She's down. She's left. She's and right. You, in the beginning, you don't know. Should I trust her? Should I not trust her? Has no, he been kidnapped? Is she behind all of this? <laughs> no. And then you find out what's actually happening. And you go like, okay, you know what? She's an environmentalist. She might have an, you know, she might be right about this. That's also great. The bad guys might be right. You know, it's like, she's like Thanos. No, I have never at one point in this movie thought the bad guys might not. There was not a moment in this entire film. The human race versus a bunch of giant lizard creatures. Really, you look at you and you're like, you know, maybe they're right. At the end, when you see the no. credits, you see that she was right. You know, the no. earth is now thriving because of what happened. Because of the terrible writing right? in this movie. They were like, so, oh, by the way, the earth is thriving. And now. so it's so great where she has like this kind of complex, uh, you know, narrative where should she, you know, protect her child or should she think of the future? You what about the her husband? child? She put her child in the most dangerous situations possible. For the greater good. And that's what's so great about her the first thing character you see, growth. The first thing you see with her, okay, is that she goes into this Mothra encasement uh, in the ice where Mothra is sleeping and they're trying to wake it up, right? And you're like, okay, really she shouldn't have her daughter there, but okay, fine. And then these eco-terrorists Launch an attack, murdering everybody. Now, you have to think, these are their friends. Yes. These are their, like, these are their, their colleagues. Her daughter, who must be, what, 14 years old? They are bad is guys, but they believe that they're right. <laughs> Switch. They are bad guys, and they believe that they're right? <laughs> what kind of nonsense is this? Okay, clearly, if millions of people are going to die, they're not right. Also, this is just not kind of not interesting. Why try and like shoehorn this? We just came here to watch the monsters fight. What are we doing with this family drama and this kid? And All oh my star God. lineup. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. You've got Ken Watanabe. You've got you've got Charles Dance. Tywin Lannister himself reprises his role as Tywin Lannister, eco terrorist. So wasted Phenomenal. in this movie. No, he was one of the highlights of the movie. His malevolence <laughs> was matched only by the sheer power of Godzilla himself. Okay, let's talk about Godzilla. You know what? We're talking about the humans. If this movie is about the monsters, let's talk about the monsters. Let's talk about the monsters. The CGI in this movie. Phenomenal. Fake. Brilliant. Bra- crap. <laughs> <laughs> Convincing. <laughs> Vincing. What? Uh, no, but it was. Just, I could barely see anything. Every action sequence here is covered up by rain or snow or smoke. You can't see any of yeah, the monsters. Okay. Everything is too close up. The action is just too frantic, and the camera is like just always kind of. For some reason, even though it's a fake camera, it's a shaky camera. I'm not sure why they're doing this. If I'm here to see the monsters fight, let me see the monsters fight. What is it with you? If you were to see everything completely blatantly clear, you would have said, oh, there's no atmosphere. There's no drama. No, you needed to have the forces of nature partake in these beatdowns. You needed to have the wind. You needed to have the rain, the lightning, the fire. You needed to see through the smoke, the colors of the 
Godzilla lighting up this blue shape, flashes of lightning. You see its face, flashes of lightning. There were some scenes in this film that literally looked like they were these tapestries. Tapestries of seizures is what it looked like. Lights just like randomly flashing, just loud sounds going boom, boom, boom. Like just, I, I, I was so overwhelmed by the whole thing that I was numb halfway through the movie because switch. I, you keep I switching. Switch you. I switch you again. I was so moved by this movie that <laughs> I was numb from head to toe for two days after watching this movie because I was scared for my life because I thought these monsters might actually be out there. Wow. Uh, and they might destroy me. That, that's yeah. why I was numb, right? Because yeah. that's how realistic it was. And I am so glad for the snow and the water. I got to see through these different prisms, all these monsters and what great monster designs they were you right? mean the monster designs that have been around for decades like they didn't reinvent the wheel over here they just took something that already existed and threw 200 million dollars at it it better be possible and switch oh it blew me away it they were the way that these monsters were brought to life was just awe-inspiring Every time, look, the problem that they had with the first movie, don't forget, was that they kept teasing Godzilla. They kept, they were about to show Godzilla and then they cut away, right? And that frustrated a lot of people. This time around, no such mistake. This is From the beginning, boom, Godzilla in your face. Godzilla versus uh, Ghidorah. You see Mothra. You see, you see uh, Rodan. This is classic overcompensation, right? They went from kind of, you know, the first movie while... The idea was interesting that, you know, they will tease Godzilla and show it off. Yes, it needed more monster. But here they went way too far. Just just monster fight after monster fight. No time to breathe. No pacing. What's the name of the movie? Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, King of the Monsters. You read it yourself. All right. In your review, King of the Monsters, not King of the Dialogue. All right. Not king of the uh, intimate moments. You know, you had to have those those battles and they were such satisfying battles. I would they say really that weren't were so the most it, they were the the best parts of the movie. These battles. The, the Here's the problem. Right. OK. So when they're showing the monsters battle, they actually showed the humans doing things for some reason. You know what? Yeah. King of the monsters. Show me the monster battle. Right. Don't show me smoke. Don't show me hail. Don't show me rain. Show me the monsters actually fighting. And they did. They showed a lot of the monsters fighting. They showed the monsters ripping each other's heads off. They showed Godzilla practically get killed twice. Switch. <laughs> what? Fine. If you're some kind of Godzilla fan, all right, you're a fanboy. Oh, look at me, I'm a fanboy. Fine. You're gonna go there and be like, oh, I recognize the theme song from Godzilla. Oh, look, there's Ghidorah uh doing his thing. But I'm sorry, most of the audience is not. Most of the audience has to be introduced to Godzilla and that world in this in this viewing. And guess what? As I was not satisfied, neither was the kid behind me, okay? Crying and wailing the whole way through. Why? Not Those because were... not because its mother her mother its mother was a bad mom bringing its baby bringing her baby to Godzilla. No, because that kid was a brilliant critic and could see how god awful this movie was. That kid was crying tears of joy. <laughs> he was kicking my seat because he was in the fight. He was kicking Godzilla. That's what was 
was actually going on there. Critics are just, you know what? They don't have the pulse of the everyday going audience. They're all Harvard intellectuals with their liberal arts education coming to movies and wanting nothing but just giant Meryl Streep performances <laughs> and boring biopics of real life characters. That's not what the movies are here about. No. I want dumb popcorn fun where I can chew on my popcorn, cheer for the heroes and just have an amazing time if only it delivered on that i'd at least be satisfied but it didn't even manage to do this it did okay? actually it more didn't than even that. manage to do this compared to last compared to godzilla from 2014 which i did not like this was a step down this movie did more than just the action you know what the action satisfied me but what a great environmentalist message, message. This movie had. <laughs> okay they know that godzilla young kids are gonna come watch it and you know it really with the climate change situation right now yeah, well, this what? movie actually really brings up a conversation what? it's a hot button issue the about- hot button issue what is the moral purpose of this movie you want to look at it this way it is literally saying that by the way human beings are a virus that needs to be eliminated from the face of the planet as can be witnessed by the end credit sequence which literally showed that the eco-terrorists and that horrible horrible woman were right all along and actually the titans having sown mass destruction yes. and murdered probably billions of it's people at this point of godzilla, was the right right what, were, were actually the right thing that was the right thing to it's do. one of the themes of godzilla good and bad godzilla you think is a monster right but the humans they're the <laughs> real monsters yeah like it can be said like it was said in the dialogue on the nose saying with the daughter looking at her mom saying you're the monster like spoon feed it any more than that please just uh, just put it right up against our faces listen and say, the people I don't, are the real i don't want to have to sit there and think too much about these metaphorical things right <laughs> i want them to tell me exactly what i'm supposed to think i'm here for what two hours i paid for my ticket let me get the most out of that right i want the dialogue to be as plot driven don't say anything if it's not required for a plot <laughs> don't say anything if it doesn't show me what your motivations are if you're and gonna say anything the, else just don't do it and what the hell was that all about with these like ridiculous attempts at humor you know what were these characters who cast these people into their roles there was this guy with the white hair whatever his Bradley name was Whitford, like a Bradley veteran Whitford, from West Wing he was yeah, in Get that, Out yeah. he is so why, funny why was he this like this like a cocky uh, military guy that like wh- wh- what was his role anyway he to knows film ex- things he knows one exactly. of his lines was I film everything Me. he knows exactly what kind of film he is in it's this cheesy over the top action film and that's how he plays the character as a cheesy campy over the top character right there's that great line where somebody goes oh my god and the other person said Zilla Right? That's yeah, so funny. Godzilla. Exactly. exactly. No, absolutely not. It was a failed joke. It fell flat. We both looked at each other at that point. We're like, did that actually just happen? No, I'm I was sorry. looking at you because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> and right we should use the, this joke on our podcast. <laughs> right from the opening sequence, you had that 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 uh, uh, U.S. senator saying, uh, thank you for the fifth grade history lesson. Who writes this dialogue? That was actually so Godzilla good. Godzilla wrote this movie. That was That's actually- exactly. What happened. That line was so good because, you know, the writers know that all the dialogue that came before that was clearly, you know, very... Uh, Plot-oriented? Yeah, this and was so... Plot-oriented And so that, they were kind of paying attention to that and saying that, hey, I know the, you know, the character in this movie already know this. This is for the audience. It was kind of a clever wink towards How that. How do they even know this? 
this? It doesn't even make sense. Oh, the Titans. There are so many Titans in this movie. There's, in the last movie, there were two. Over here, like there are 70. I don't so even know. many of them. And so many of them are callbacks to the old movies. And when you see yeah, they're the all design, callbacks to the old movies. When you see the fight sequences kind of taken from the old choreography, the music cues taken from the old movies, it really kind of pulls on those nostalgic strings. If I hadn't known that the music cues were pulled from the old movies, all right? The music would have fallen completely flat because it wasn't that good. No, it there was, was a so joke much of a more. film. The dialogue was ridiculous. And this character, the dad, solving problems left and right. He he can do anything that he wants. He would. remember when they were flying in that military uh, jet, leading uh, uh, leading. Yes. Uh, uh, what's that? That that this is a bird movie. lizard thing fly away. Whose name I forgot. Leading it away, and then they were like Rodon. Rodon, yeah. yeah, leading Rodon away. Rodan away, and then. They were like, oh, uh, the bay doors aren't opening. And this zoologist who literally was getting off on the sound of wolves eating a deer carcass was like, I'll solve it. And he goes back into the bag and presses a random button and just fixes the problem in the most dangerous way possible. He is a who man. is this character? Where did he come from? He's a man of many attributes. He can do anything he wants. He can sing. He can dance. He, he can, can fix doors. He can listen to songs. He is hyper intelligent. <laughs> What's really cool about this movie is that the humans and the... A uh, monster like Godzilla, they work together in this movie. It's not just Godzilla fighting the monster. The people are driving the monster. And then you have all these great little teases to King Kong. Very subtle. Very subtle. Very subtle. Extremely subtle. Teases to King Kong, the movie that's going to come up. And I can't wait to see. You know what fight. I really loved about this movie? The subtlety. Like the subtlety that was also present in the PowerPoint presentations. Like literally... They had PowerPoint presentations lined up for us to be able to follow along with what was going on. What the heck was that about? I mean, really, how unrealistic can you be? I mean, you don't, you didn't even need that. No, no, no. Okay, so subtlety in a monster movie, in a destruction disaster movie. Why you want subtlety? You want imagine a subtle. You want subtle distract destruction. Switch. Destruction can come in many forms. Gentle destruction, psychological <laughs> destruction, big destruction, destruction of expectations. small destruction. <laughs> this movie had only one form of destruction, and that was brute force. And everything about this movie was brute force, just shoved down my throat, right? And then that ending where they're looking for this kid. Also, everything is a nuclear, you, you know, waste, wa- wasteland. Like, everything it's is destroyed. It's a movie. Come on, they have to take some liberties. I mean, come on. If you wanted it to be absolutely realistic, would you have a giant walking lizard that is fighting a giant moth? It doesn't I have think to not, be my friend. I completely not. realistic, right? But if you're going to have everything, just go. They have this great uh, weapon in this movie, the it's deoxygenator. The, deoxygenator. <laughs> oh, the oxygen destroyer. What a cool weapon oh my god it's a weapon that destroys oxygen who would have guessed it with a name like that (laughs) and if you wanted to make sure that you understood you would look at the powerpoint presentation to see the shape of the bomb and it said deoxygenator and then they launched it at godzilla and they launched it at uh and it had the unintended consequences of killing godzilla and many fish what did that weapon even do destroy oxygen what yeah oh man i didn't get that (laughs) This was just... It led to the understanding that King Ghidorah 
was not of this world. It's an alien that has come in from another planet. Oh, also, okay, so there's just so many just random prod things. There's one character that's like a twin that you that shows up for like two seconds. And you're like, what? What's happening? She's a tw- She's a twin? What? Oh, Ghidorah's an alien? What? You didn't get that because you are an ignorant fan, okay? These twins are actually representatives of the fairy twins that pray to Mothra. Did you not know this? I thought you grew up with Godzilla. Listen, some things were meant to go over the heads of the plebeians, all right? This was a nod to fans, a nod. If you can't see me right now, I'm nodding. Switch. <laughs> What the hell kind of a obscure bullshit situation was that? All right, though that okay. You know what I call you, you know what I, you know what I you call know you know what I call fairies. you know what I call those actors that what? actor. What? Okay, Chinese box office. That's what they're called. Let us represent the Chinese box office with an actor that clearly they just plucked out of there with a bad wig because that was a terrible wig, and let us put them in the movie. What the heck was this subplot of having these twins? They made no sense. This was such great callback to the fans. The fairy <laughs> twins. Do you not know about them? Have you not done your research? Are you not a true fan? Okay, if you're so intellectual as a critic, you should remember these things. Okay, and then they have all Thank these. you for the fifth grade history lesson. Overall, this movie, I just want to say, was uh, fantastic. Blatantly stupid. It was stupid. It was yes. stupid. It, it was, was stupid. But, but that's not, uh, you know, that's not a bad thing, right? Not all movies have to be. Not all movies have to have a plot, character development, good dialogue, good acting. Uh, but what, it, what? it was it was well acted, right? There's no, you know, deep, it doesn't have any deep have. characters. It doesn't have that. It it has pure action. <laughs> it has spectacle. It has destruction, wall to wall destruction. Some amazing shots, some amazing framing, and that's all you really need. That's, that's that that you're giving it more credit than that than it's worth. It had some good shots. I would hope that after spending $200 million on a movie, it would look good. But the things that required actual artistry, at the very least script, at the very least some good dialogue, at the very least some actual funny lines, non-existent. This would have been better off as just just one giant rampage. The movie Rampage was better than this. You are a monster. (laughs) Well, I think we've brought ourselves to the natural conclusion of this debate. And let us have our moment of truth. I hated this movie. Yeah, I hated it so much. I hated it. I hated it. It was, it was just painful. the worst. Oh, I, I, when I believe I, how bad it was. Let me. Okay. So I don't want to say that I, I like monster movies. I love monster movies. Big destruction. Like, it's great. I wanted to love this movie. I wanted to enjoy it. But after seeing the first Godzilla, which was a disappointment, I thought, oh, this is going to be a big disappointment. But let me hold my ex. Let, let, after this director, Michael Doherty of trick or treat fame he needs, I mean, really he needs to go back to kansas and rethink <laughs> his life he was handed this giant franchise look i understand that you know to try these big tent poles and give them to to directors that you wouldn't expect you know smaller name directors who could do something really cool with them horror directors he also did um what was that other movie uh, K- krampus. krampus you know cool could be really good 
no. <laughs> no. I don't want to say it's his fault. It's just there's nothing in this movie. There is no, just from the script phase, just from the big, like, it has great actors, but they have nothing to chew on. And it's just too much human. Like, if, if it's not about the humans, then don't give them this much to do. But they all have some random subplots and we spend time with them. And the monster battles, I would love if just the monster battles were great, but they weren't. I couldn't see anything. I was sprinting the whole time. They were okay. Like, you would have this one shot before the battle, this wide shot that would look really cool. They're all in the trailer. And then once they actually start fighting, it's pure chaos. Just chaos, yeah. There was no sense of scale when they were fighting. They were moving too fast. There was no, you know how in like Pacific Rim, the original Pacific Rim, you really had a sense of the size uh, of of the, uh, you know, the, the robot. In this case, you just didn't feel it. That's why I think they kept cutting to the to the people to get a sense of like, oh, look how big, how small the people are and how big the monsters are and the titans, you know? It's like, I just, it was just so bad. I mean, the best part about it was, I guess, the, the fights. But, but no. the fights were like... I was bored. I eh. was like, how can you say I went to watch a monster movie like, you know, with just so much destruction and I was just bored the whole time. Like I was yawning, like I was falling asleep and that movie is loud. Like yeah, it's it very is. Loud. And the kid behind us was really loud as well. Who brings a, a child to Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real monster. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to talk about two things that are kind of related to this movie, but like, I think there isn't much to talk about, but there's just two things that happen in movies these days that I really really hate and I want them to change and both of these things happen in this movie okay the first is this idea that I think it started with uh, Man of Steel right it's a Man of Steel problem right that the trailer is fantastic and the movie's garbage that but also. actually to be fair to be fair Man of Steel as a movie wasn't as bad as any of the following uh, uh, it was okay like not that also but but that's not what I'm talking about so you know how in Man of Steel there was the destruction of the city and everybody was like oh my god yes. so many people died yes so yes. what this movie and, and movies since then do this thing now where the places are always abandoned yes. there are no people like in all of Boston they uh, you know there's no people it's in Antarctica and so these fights they just don't mean anything because there's nobody's in danger there are no regular people I want to see that right the problem with Man of Steel wasn't that you know people were in danger it was that super Superman didn't care. Yeah, it's, right? it was it was that Superman didn't care, and that when everybody was killed, there was no addressing the brutal pain that 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 would have caused so many people. And I think you're right; it's the same thing in this situation. We are supposed to be rooting for Godzilla. Yeah, right. So if Godzilla is responsible for the death of millions of people, then it becomes a bit harder to root for him. It's just there's no you. I never felt like danger or stakes. No, like yeah. okay, I guess the buildings are getting destroyed, but there are no people. Like they go out of their way to be like, oh, the city's empty. Yeah, it's abandoned. Uh, no, everybody. Abandoned, so no one's gonna get hurt. And they do this in all movies now. Like they did this in like Avengers. They're doing this in like Captain America. They're doing like. But as far as, as issues is concerned, that for me is a tertiary issue. As far as this the the, the problems with this movie is uh, are concerned, you've got for, one of the things that pissed me off the most about this movie was the mom character. Yeah, she drove me insane. Why would a mom? Put her daughter in constant danger, first of all. Fine, maybe she's insane. But her whole justification of her whole behavior is that her son was killed. So then why would she put her daughter in danger all the time? That actually kind of, that's the second point I was kind of going to make, right? Now movies have this bad guy trope where the bad guy is, you know... I think the bad guy in Mission Impossible says this. He says, the greater the suffering, the greater the peace. 
right? And that seems to be a thing that bad guys want now. They're like, we're trying to save humanity by destroying it. Yes, exactly. It's it's peace through war. It's uh, and like that's like the 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 common theme in bad guys these days, right? They did it here, Thanos, uh, Apocalypse, and like X Men. But Thanos uh, was Thanos was actually that he somehow made it feel justified. It's the only time that has ever worked. Mission Impossible does. It's just a thing now that they do in movies. But in Mission Impossible, in Mission Impossible, um, I forgot the Henry Cavill. No, the bad guy's uh, name. or Walker. Anyway, the, the point is that his behavior seemed extreme, but also insane. Yeah. Right? With Vera Farmiga's character, she does not deserve any kind of redemption. At least if she's insane, lean into it. Fine, let her be completely batshit crazy yeah. and not understanding the consequences of her actions. Don't allow her to be right at the end. At the end, it turned out that she was somehow right. Like, come on, what kind of a, what is that? That makes no sense. I had kind of clocked out of this movie. Like At that ten, point. Like, yeah. much, like 10 minutes in, I was yeah. just like, I was my body language yeah. was, you know. <laughs> you turned to me, you were like, wow. We had a lot of fun after, though, talking about the movie because it's so like kind of dumb and stupid and ridiculous. That we made fun of it a like lot. What's with the dad's voice being super quiet at the beginning, talking like this, and, and then and then later on he's absolutely fine. There's no mention of it whatsoever. Like why was he talking like that before? It's really obvious. Like he does it for like 20 minutes, and everything is just like it's as if somebody took pages from like different disaster movies and just stuck them together. They're like, okay, there's a character that sacrifices himself. Yes. There's a and then there's army. the jump scares. There's a jump. There's, oh, someone's oh, yeah. about to die. Oh, here's Godzilla! Yeah. How do you jump scare <laughs> a Godzilla giant exactly. Godzilla? Monster, where did but, he come from? But they, but they managed to, they managed to do it. <laughs> uh, some, somehow. I think the only person who understood that this was a ridiculous movie was. Uh, the guy with the white hair, uh, uh, the the guy who said I filmed Whitford, everything. Uh, Whitford, yeah. Whitford, yes. To be fair, I think he's the one who actually leaned into the fact that this was a total joke because yep. he was like, if this is gonna be a movie about Godzilla and all this, you know, let's just be, let's just be. Uh, kitschy about it. You know? I wish it was like cheesy and I, they campy. Just make it campy. Go all the way and then make it these crazy fights with these campy people. Then it would have been okay. But these people are taking it so seriously. <laughs> and even like he the stopped. way it it's kind of shot looks just so serious yeah. and grim and gritty and gritty. dark. And- no, like I don't want that. Let me see the monsters fight. That was my biggest complaint, by see, the way. I want see to see the monsters fight. That was my problem with the earlier movie. That's my problem with this movie. I like the King Kong movie, but mostly because I could see King Kong yeah, destroy things. The King Kong movie had uh, it had a pretty decent storyline. It, it had, had a good cool, character. Like, it was fun. It was uh, Samuel L. Jackson was yeah, really good in it because yeah. you know again, he had material to work with. <laughs> Jess, a giant disappointment. I hate it. <laughs> like I hate it. Okay, so uh, I do want to re- talk about one thing. So yeah. fans versus critics. So this whole thing about like you know what this movie isn't for critics; it's for fans. Yeah, two hundred million dollar movie that's just for fans. Like I don't consider myself like a critic, right? We talk about movies here, but I don't. Like I consider myself more of a fan. Like I love yeah. going to the movies. I'm yes. not. I am barely ever looking at them through a critical eye, right? Even yeah. though that's what we do. Yes. I'm just there to kind of enjoy the movie. Yes. But I just, I just couldn't. Like I love like the Fast and Furious movies. Really stupid and really dumb. dumb. Yeah. Love those movies. Yeah. Right. They know what they are and they just do what they're meant to do. You know? Exactly. They go over the top. This movie just doesn't. Uh, just uh, just thinking about it. Like, so basically, if you look at the reviews, 
you have this battle going online between critics, like genuine critics, people who are basically trashing the movie, and the army of quote-unquote real fans that are coming in there and literally saying the stuff that you read, which is like, oh, you're going into a Godzilla movie. Don't expect like story or characters or dialogue or drama or like, do you hear yourselves? What are you talking about? Uh, but I would, I would, I would really uh, encourage people to go and read these IMDb reviews. They're amazing. There's some really funny ones. So, I mean, what it comes down to is I would give this a four giant lizard tails out of 10. Honestly, that's 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 what it gets from me. Two point five. Whoa, two point five. Yes, that I is brutal. I hated it. <laughs> wow, I was bored. I was bored, and that's I asked one thing from my movies, right? Like, don't don't let me be bored. Even if it was like really, really, really bad, where I was kind of having a good time, like at least that would have been okay. But it wasn't even that. No, it was it was god awful. I I gave it a four. What is it? Four point five. Godzilla oh! awful. Godzilla awful. Let us end on that note. Thank you for listening to Switch Flicks. If you loved or hated the show, please do rate, subscribe, and leave some comments. It really helps us grow the podcast and the community. Your support is the wind beneath our wings. And if you're that kid sitting behind me, <laughs> I'm kicking. <laughs> kicking. <laughs> kicking. Kicking. <laughs>